Hello again, everyone. It is Sunday, June 26th here in the Philippines. My name is Tom Kuntz, and I want to welcome you to episode 22 of my Snutcast. Today, I want to talk about crowding out the world. So with that, let's get started. As I mentioned in episode 15, a couple of years ago, I was doing a Temple Recommend interview And the brother I was interviewing confided in me that he had struggled with pornography his whole life. He felt like he had it under control, but had slipped recently. He explained that the slippage was caused because the filter on his home internet had somehow become corrupted. As he worked to reinstate it, he was testing to see if it worked, and as he did so, he found not only was it still broken, but before long he had gone down a rabbit trail that he later regretted. As I thought about this situation and what I might say to be of help to him, I experienced what I can only conclude was an inspired question come to mind. I told him that it was clear that he was working hard to keep up the defenses in his life so that he would not be exposed to pornography, and while that was good, it obviously wasn't enough. I then asked him, what is your offensive strategy to keep pornography out of your life? While sports enthusiasts will immediately understand this question, it may not be clear to everyone, so let me just take a moment to explain. In every two-team sport, there is both an offense and a defense. Offense is about scoring, and defense is about keeping the other team from scoring. Dr. Jack Ramsey, a well-known American NBA basketball coach who led the Portland Trailblazers to the 1977 NBA championship, said this, Quote, winning is more related to good defense than good offense, end quote. Another oft-repeated quote I have heard is that offense wins games, but defense wins championships. I think it was perhaps this mindset that had been motivating this good man to keep his computer where everyone could see it and then make sure he had an effective filter on it. And while both of these things were important, in this case, and I believe in all cases related to pornography addiction, it will never be enough. There is another famous quote about offense and defense that I like even better. It probably has to do with my own propensity in basketball to shoot the ball rather than run the length of the court every time and defend the other team. Well, that adage goes like this, the best defense is a good offense. This was a thought that came to me during this recommend interview. You see, this brother was working only one side of the equation. When I asked how often he was studying the scriptures, his response was, well, not often enough. When I drilled down a bit further, he indicated that maybe once or twice a week he was picking up his scriptures and reading. He was inconsistent in his prayers as well. When I asked why, he could only respond that he was busy with work, with family, and just other things that, that required his attention. The distractions of the world were crowding out the light in his life, and this was making him susceptible to Satan's temptations. We then talked about how increasing his offense through scripture study, meaningful prayer, faithful service, and temple attendance would actually increase the amount of light in his life and help him crowd out the world and this attraction that he had to pornography. I think we both came away that day from the interview with more motivation to improve our own spiritual offense. 
I want to diverge from this topic for just a moment and talk about what I believe is at the heart of the distractions the world pushes at us today. The amount of data that is created every single day now exceeds 2.5 quintillion bytes per day. For those of us, including me, that cannot quite fathom what that means, let me tell you, it's the number 25 with 17 zeros behind it. If all of that data were burned to Blu-ray discs, it would take 10 million discs. Now imagine, if you stacked those 10 million discs, one on top of the other, they would be the height of three Eiffel Towers. And that is just one day. So the question is, how is the amount of data that is being created every day related to this discussion? I mean, who do you think is creating all of that information? Well, the answer is pretty clear. It's us. We are. In 1992, there were 100 gigabytes of data created in one day. That amount of information would fit on two Blu-ray discs. Now remember, today it would take 10 million discs. And what has caused this explosion of the data? At the heart of it is, not surprisingly, the Internet. It is 204 million emails. It's the 72 hours of video uploaded to YouTube. It is the 280,000 tweets on Twitter and the 216,000 Instagram posts. And this is all in just one single day. And that does not even include the 1.65 billion Facebook users that are generating nearly 5 billion likes and uploading over 300 million photos each and every day. I mean, with internet shopping, health monitoring, travel planning, instant messaging, downloadable books, and streaming movies, I mean, the digitization of data is creating exponentially more distractions every single year, and those are competing for our time. Well, so what is it that we can do? I think the story of Adam and Eve that we read in the scriptures and that we're taught in the temple provides a template that helps us answer this question. Let me explain. With Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, Satan didn't come in and threaten them in order to force them in some way to partake of that fruit. He was much more subtle than that. He played with their egos. He told them what they wanted to hear. He made it sound glamorous and inconsequential. He convinced them that there was only one way to be successful. He used half-truths to conceal full truths. He mocked God and religion in general. Hmm. Sound familiar? Well, what was their response? They repented, they recommitted to being obedient, and then made solemn covenants to keep those promises. They prayed for and then learned how to be taught by angels from heaven. When Satan relentlessly pursued tactics to confuse and tempt them, they learned how to cast him out. All of this information is for us to understand, to emulate, and practice in our own lives in order to crowd out the world. As I have pondered this topic of crowding out the world, I have been thinking about natural patterns that we can learn from. For example, we've all watched a sunrise. From moment to moment, it doesn't really seem like anything is changing. But ever so slowly, the darkness fades and the light surrounds us. Another pattern I have often pondered comes from the waves of the sea, how they incessantly pound the shore. They keep coming and coming and coming. They are relentless. Slowly, ever so slowly, they smooth the rocks that they crash into day in and day out. 
As someone who likes to grow vegetables, I am painfully aware of the patterns associated with weeds. They seem to never stop growing. They start small, in fact, so small, they're almost beautiful, creating a green carpet around the growing vegetable plants. When small, they are easy, so easy to eradicate, it's as simple as just wiping one's hand against the surface of the ground, and they're gone. But procrastinate a week, and you will find that this green carpet has become a suffocating tarp, and the effort to remove them has increased from minutes to hours. Well, from the sunrise, I have learned that doing the little things over and over will eventually bring greater light into my life. I may not see an impact that first day that I pray a little longer or read my scriptures with more intent, but with time, the light will emerge. From the waves of the ocean, I have learned that even the most difficult challenge I face will give way if I just keep pressing on. Enduring to the end is not just tying a knot and holding on. It is relentlessly doing the things that will lead me to where I want to be and doing so with joy. Frequent temple attendance, sincere and robust scripture study habits, magnification of priesthood responsibilities. You see, these are the waves that will smooth even the hardest of rocks in our lives. From the weeds, I've learned to repent early, to confront problems that grow out of misunderstanding head on rather than allow them to fester. I have learned that honest communication is so much more rewarding than awkward silence. I have learned that an ounce of prevention is worth not one pound of cure, but hundreds of pounds of cure. You see, if we want to crowd out the world and invite more of the Spirit of the Lord into our lives, we have to be found doing those things that will invite in more light. We have to turn off the TV and the suggestive rock music, and turn open the scriptures and get serious about meaningful prayer. We need to log off of Facebook and Instagram and log into Family Search. We need to text less and talk to those we love more. We need to spend more time going to the temple and less time going to the malls and movies. When we do the things we have committed to do by virtue of the covenants we have made, when we seek to understand what the Lord would have us do through sincere prayer and scripture study, and when we listen carefully to the counsel of prophets and apostles and then act upon that counsel, we will not have time to be distracted by the quintillion bytes of data that is growing exponentially in the world. We will, in fact, crowd the world out of our lives. That concludes episode 22. Thank you once again for listening. We live in a time of uncertainty and confusion where the world takes its toll on us every single day with a gazillion amounts of data thrown at us. I hope we can all figure out how to take control of our lives by crowding out the world and making room for the Spirit of the Lord. Until next week, keep the faith.